Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our online Sunday service. It's great to see you, even though I cannot see you in person. Today we are holding and celebrating the Buddha's birthday, Vaisak, uh, in Asia. It's usually observed according to the lunar calendar. So this past Thursday was the Vesak or the Buddha's birthday. Today, in order to truly celebrate the Buddha's birthday, let's all together think about the direction of of our life, our life goal, as well as the meaning of enlightenment in our daily life. Let me start from my favorite story. In very old days in Korea, there was a very young monk in his mid-twenties. One day he happened to meet one very beautiful lady who came to his temple to meditate and offer prayer. She's a regular in that monastery. It's kind of a love at first sight, and because he always thought about her, he could not concentrate his mind on his practice, which really bothered him. One day, when they were left uh, uh, together alone, he told uh, to that young woman how he felt uh, towards uh, her, and he discovered uh, the feeling was uh, mutual. And they decided uh, to leave the town to get married. The young lady came from a noble family, and her parents very strongly objected to their marriage. So since the lady as well as the monk did not have any skill to make a living, so by cultivating crops, they started to make ends meet. After they married, the married life was for a couple of years, it was very romantic. But after that, it was not as romantic or beautiful at all. It's a, they have to live a very hard life. At his uh, 60th birthday in Asia, in all the days, uh, people's lifespan was not long. So 60th birthday was pretty big deal. On his 60th birthday, his wife and his two children prepared a very lavish birthday party, prepared a lot of food, and celebrated his birthday. So after they cleared all the food and the other things when he was left alone in his room, he reflected all his life, how he had lived for 60 years in the past. And he reflected 
how he first met his wife uh, and the joy he first had his first son, etc. But he felt uh, very empty. Uh, not many things were very meaningful. So he started a very bitter regret. He's uh, leaving the monastery. He's uh, leaving the priesthood. And all of a sudden, a lot of tears came from his uh, eyes. And he buried himself uh, on the cushion and he cried like a baby. All of a sudden, he heard a bell sound, a temple gong, and he was awakened. It was a dream. The monk, after offering the food at the lunchtime before the Buddha image, he prostrated on the meditation cushion. It was less than one minute, but he slept and he lived for 60 years. The gong sound did not even fade away. So at that time, he very deeply realized the illusory aspect of human life. And after that, he really poured all his time and energy to attain great enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. And this is the Zen master, Joshin, the story. I'm not sure this is the real story or not. There are four kinds of people in this world. First, they search for some goal, whether it is recognition or wealth or health or whatever things, but could not realize that. I think most of the people in this world fall in this category. Or there are another group of people who actually achieved their dream. Some minority, some small number of people actually fall in this category. They live in a satisfied and contented way. The third category of people they achieved their dream, but they started to become disillusioned. Even though they achieved some secular success, but they started to think this may not be it. This may not, this should not be my ultimate life goal, etc. And the last group of people are the person who are completely awakened from the dream. Buddha, our founding master, Sotazan, Jesus, all those saints and the sages. The word, the Sanskrit word, the Buddha, it literally means the awakened one. It's not the honorific title. Buddha, after he attained the great enlightenment, he called himself the Buddha, the awakened one. Buddha said, Salam Dukam. Salam Dukam means everything is dissatisfaction. Every all is suffering. 
The suffering can be somewhat secular, like a separation from our loved ones. We cannot attain what we want. Or the dissatisfaction can be a little philosophical or very spiritual. For example, Buddha left the palace at the age of 29 because when he was young, he very deeply felt the inherently dissatisfactory of a human life, like old age, death. We have to, we cannot attain what we want. We have to encounter something that we would like to avoid, etc. So this is the nature of our life. So Buddha would like to solve, transcend that inherent nature of a human suffering. So whether it is very spiritual or very secular, usually suffering or this satisfactory aspect of our life is usually the motivational force, motive power for us to start to spirit to carry out spiritual practice. Robert, you might have heard this story before. This is the event that really happened in Sydney, in Australia. There was a one prisoner, so he's locked in the prison, and it's uh, very boring. He cannot endure that kind of a uh, uh, hard, boring period. When he go out of his facility to take uh, exercise, he discovered on a regular basis, uh, once in a month, uh, a food truck came inside its facility, always on a very exact time. So he studied what time it arrives, what time it departs, and how long, how many minutes it would take for all the food and other things taken out of the truck, etc. So one day, he hid himself inside the truck, and he could leave the prison. He was very excited. He could be a free man. So after a couple of hours, the truck stopped. So he sneaked out of the truck and discovered what? It was another prison. That truck moved around this prison to that prison, and so on. We also live in some invisible prison. Think about your attachment, your anxiety, your worries, all kinds of things. It really shackles our life, our mind. So we try to alleviate our suffering by changing our environment. But as long as we cannot realize our true self, then 
It's just like moving from this prison to that prison. Think about some, something that bothers our mind, jealousy, frustration, comparing mind. Whatever things, whatever forms of attachment. What's the root of all those emotions or thoughts? Just like all the trees and the weeds grow on the ground, the base is a ground, the soil itself. Likewise, all those thoughts, emotions, or negative feelings, etc., it arises from the ground called our sense of self. Our sense of our notion of selfhood is that ground. So, what is enlightenment? Realizing the empty nature of ourselves. So, one and the only way to attain freedom and happiness, which is not conditioned, which is perpetual and everlasting, is the realization of our true self. We have to realize who we really are. This is the essence of Buddhism. Buddhism is the translated word for Bulgyo, the Chinese character literally means the path to enlightenment. So whether you are lay person or minister or whether you are lawyer, farmer or secretary, as long as we search for freedom of happiness that's unconditional and perpetual, I will, we have to walk on the Dharma path to enlightenment. It's not limited to minister or Tibetan monk. Each and every person, regardless of your race, regardless of your sex, regardless of your occupation, this is something we should do. That's the way we celebrate and remember the Buddha's birthday. Then what is the path to enlightenment? In Theravada Buddhist tradition, they usually say Samatha and Vipassana. Or in Chinese, they translated that as Zhenghe. Zheng is translated as a concentration. One-pointed state of mind. One-pointedness. State of mind, Zheng. He means insight or wisdom. The insight to know our true self. So, meditation and wisdom, let's use an easy word. So, Nagarnajuna, the founder of Mayana Buddhist tradition, he said, the cessation of ignorance occurs through meditation and wisdom. Meditation and wisdom is the path to sever the root of our ignorance and suffering. As we already know, after Buddha left the palace at the age of 29, he first for some teachers who guide his Dharma path. So his first two teachers were very famous yogis, hermit yogi teacher. They were great in meditation. So Shakyamuni Buddha stayed with, uh, under their guidance for some years. 
And uh, the Siddhartha, the Buddha, reached uh, very easily, very quickly, the highest level of a pure consciousness. So he could be observed in deep meditation very easily and for a very long time. But Buddha thought to himself, after he left the cushion, he could not maintain a very deep meditative state of mind. So he thought to himself, just practicing meditation, however long the meditative period is, it's just like taking drugs. Eventually, the effect will disappear. So he left those two teachers. And to make a long story short, he performed all forms of ascetic practice in Himalayas. And at the age of 39, under the Bodhi tree, he attained the Supreme Enlightenment. And then uh, he could uh, realize all the mysteries of the uh, universe as well as uh, human life. So, just like uh, we can see in this uh, Buddha's life, uh, meditation is not enough. Meditation is uh, just a foundation. Even though meditation and the wisdom cannot be separated. As I always uh, use this analogy, only when the reapers uh, from the surface of the pond disappears, uh, the, that surface uh, reflects the moonlight, which symbolizes the innate wisdom. Moonlight accurate. So meditation and uh, wisdom. Uh, you can look at the window. Meditation is like cleaning the window. So somebody cleaned the Ondarmas and the window very clean last week. We can see outside the scenery very clearly. It's just like cultivated the mind, nurturing the spirit. After some time, if you do not practice meditation on a regular basis, then eventually dust will gather on the surface of the window. We cannot see outside clearly as before. Why? The window is there. As long as the window is there, dust will eventually settle. What is enlightenment? It is just removing the window itself. How could the dust settle on the window? I'm not sure I told this story or not before. There was one Tibetan monk. He did a sightseeing at the Liberty of a Statue in New York in the 60s. One very famous journalist approached him. He conducted uh, the survey and what could be the most saddest thing in this world? It's a famine or the wall or humans greed, the pollution. He would like to gather some data from regular people. And he asked to the monk, what is the what do you think is the saddest thing in this world? 
the monk said, who are you? He introduced himself, he's a so-and-so, he's a TV anchor. And he repeated that question. And the monk asked one more time, who are you? The journalist thought his English is very low, so he could not get what he asked. And he very slowly introduced himself one more time. But the monk said, who are you? One more time. He's a, a little upset. He said his name one more time. Then the monk answered, what you said is your name and your occupation. What I asked to you is uh, who you really are. And he was uh, silent. People does not know who you, who really they are. That's the saddest thing in this world. That's what I am thinking. That's what the Buddha, what the Buddha is teaching. In order to truly celebrate the Buddha's birthday in a very authentic way, why don't we plant the seed of a great awakening in our mind? When you see the outside uh, trees, uh, how it, some trees are small, some are big, whatever size the trees are, they all start from a very small size seed. As long as we don't give up, we nurture, and water that seed, it will eventually grow to a very, very tall tree. That's, uh, I think, the authentic way to celebrate the Buddha's day. If we have that solid aspiration in our mind, then the universe will definitely guide us. The universe will become our problem. We do not have to worry about the many challenging things, including the coronavirus. Let me just read one verse from our founding master's word. One of the disciples asked, By what method should I cultivate so that I may eliminate all of the five desires, focus single-mindedly on cultivating the way, and lead a life of tranquility? Like the Buddha, the founding master replied, Rather than eliminating desires, you should expand them. Once your petty desires are transformed into a great vow, they will naturally subside. As you focus single-mindedly on your vow, then you will inevitably lead a life of tranquility and comfort. Thank you.